Hi, I'm Tom Field, Senior Vice President of Editorial with Information Security Media Group. I'm talking today about network transformation. My privilege to be speaking with Paul Reyes. He's a CISO with Vistra Energy in Texas. And also speaking with Dan Shelton, Head of Transformation Strategy with Zscaler. Paul, Dan, thank you so much for taking time to speak with me today. Thank you. Thank you, Tom. So, Paul, you have been through this network transformation. So I want to ask you up front, what did network security look like for you before transformation? What it looked like for us, uh, it was we, we were mainly on premise for our company uh, back then. And uh, we started to just move our stuff out to the cloud, started doing a lot of mobile first pieces. And so we really controlled everything with firewalls. We controlled everything with passing through our data centers. And the biggest challenge we started to see is that there was a lot of stuff I couldn't see anymore, right? People were connecting directly to SaaS, people were co connecting to the cloud, and it was very difficult to be able to give our business a view into our posture because there was a lot of things I was blind to. Dan, I'm gonna guess that sounds pretty familiar based on your own experience and what you see in your role now. Yeah, and, and, and Tom, that's definitely something I see talking with our customers at Zscaler because uh, for me, you know, my, my role at Zscaler is helping them define what their transformation journeys could look like because I was a previous customer of Zscaler. I was in a similar situation that Paul is describing. And I'll tell you that visibility into the traffic flows, it's absolutely critical to be able to quantify that and have actionable data to talk about with your business when you're making decisions on risk and on what people should be allowed to access, how we are leveraging these new tools. If you don't have that visibility, it's really hard to make a decision on kind of what you need to do and why. So Paul, I don't want to undersell the massive impact of something like transformation. It's a big deal. What did you learn while your organization was going through the process? I think the biggest thing is is that user experience matters considerably. Um, the adoption of it for us, at least for our company, uh, we had a whole bunch of folks that were driving in our company as a productivity is the most important thing, right? How can they deliver what they need for the business as fast and as easy as possible? Uh, and security was a really second secondary thought for us. And so as we started to roll it out, I was really thinking security was number one and we needed to lock things down and it never was successful with just that kind of mandate. So we learned a lot is that we had to do organizational change management. We had to make sure our ducks were in order. We had to make sure that we, you know, seamlessly rolled it out in the areas where it was least amount of friction. Dan, would you say these are common challenges that organizations face? Absolutely. So it is that constant balance between the uh, user experience and security. And you know, one of the things that that companies are able to leverage when you take that capability that Paul referenced in having it on prem and you move it to a cloud platform where your kind of first hop out to the internet is your security capability in the cloud, and your last hop back in is also that security capability. So policies are enforced there. And what that it allows you to do is actually have the balance of both, right? So you can have user uh, an improved user experience and you can have an enhanced security posture. I mean, a big part of the uh, challenges that we see customers trying to address is really that balance between the two. Paul, could you dive in more in terms of what your um, kind of high productivity versus high security mentality was and kind of the approach that you use to get there? 
Yeah, you know, we we really looked at our users as personas. We had to, you know, break them up into folks and how they worked. Because when we first started to roll it out, we noticed that, hey, we have 50 plus plants and mines out in you know, various parts of the United States. We have several retail organizations throughout the country. And so the challenge that we had was each one of these branch offices did things differently. They had different Wi-Fi's, they had different uh, connectivities out to the internet. Some use DSL, some use T1s. And, and so in those models, we had to really standardize first because when we started to change things, things were breaking left and right because we didn't all have the same you know, uh, architecture. So we standardized our Wi-Fi environments, we standardized our, our, our different links so that they were common across the board, allowing us to be able to do policy-based changes, enabling uh, that infrastructure to kind of adapt and, and be uh, standardized. When we did that, then we were able to take an easy step uh, and, and move to the, to the next level. The, the challenges that we also had is that users some users would just use common tools like Office 365, Box, and on-prem applications. But then there were special users that actually connected to their systems like a, a plant control system. And when they connected to it, they connected via an IP address. So they, they were special power users that used their systems in unique ways that we didn't contemplate. And so when we turned on ZPA and you know various other tools to, to kind of move them through our traffic, things broke. And so we had to slow those down, put people into personas, and then those that were high impact, we put at a later stage, and the other ones that were easy, we turned them on and, and, and went forward. Perfect. Thanks, Paul. So what I hear there is you kind of took a, a slower approach to make sure the user experience wasn't impacted and that your business could stay productive, and so then you didn't break that balance of high productivity versus high security. Correct. Excellent. Paul, to follow up on that, how does your infrastructure footprint look today? We are probably a little over 90% of our um, applications and systems are in the cloud now. Uh, only, the only ones that remain are, are special plants and mine sites, you know, things that are running a control systems, uh, historians that are sitting closer to the plant, or our nuclear site, for instance, that has uh, direct uh, locations on the plant. But the rest are pretty much like I said, 90 plus systems are in the cloud. And so uh, there's a mixture between native cloud apps and legacy apps, but they're all in, uh, in AWS or Azure Cloud for us. What's next for you in this transformation? Tightening up our pipelines. Uh, you know, we were really, uh, when we think about zero trust, you know, uh, a lot of times folks will turn on some of these functions and features. What we're looking to do is that there is no other way to connect to any application that we have, whether it's a SaaS or an on-prem application, or when I say on-prem, it could be you know in Azure or, or an AWS for us, but no other way to connect to it other than going through our Zscaler model. And so that way, every traffic, including cloud services that uh, are you heading for our company will go through these systems and we have uh, increased our visibility. And so that that has been a like I said um, with uh, Dan a trickle effect. We're starting to turn those on and see how it feels. And then uh, with the actually in in today's uh, pandemic issue, that actually turned up the heat a lot because we pushed a whole lot of people off to their homes. And with that, we turned on all these features so that they get back to their office and applications. And so 
that win for us allows us to be able to have license to go do the next applications as we go through. Hey, Paul, with um, with that move to putting more of the access through Zscaler Internet Access or Zscaler Private Access and, and really having, again, the ability to have granular policies uh, per user, per app, and the ability to do it without actually connecting the user to the network, has that reduced the complexity around your kind of firewall infrastructure that you put into in your legacy data centers and your plant systems in your uh, Azure or AWS environments? Because now you know all the traffic is only coming from Zscaler and you're able to really lock down those environments and say, hey, look, just don't allow anything in unless it's coming over this uh, control channel from Zscaler. Have you guys seen that? Um, happen in terms of your the access list in your firewalls, the devices, things like that, and overall management? Yeah, uh, we, we definitely had that as a, a targeted benefit for us, um, you know, and, and, and the complexity of that has definitely been reduced. What I will tell you, though, is we've actually, we're already pushing our, our SD-WAN throughout our various plants and mines uh, already, and so the, the cost benefit of reducing that footprint was already um, contemplated, but at the end of the day, I think your, your point is the, the complexity of that was reduced, definitely. Um, the one thing that we are doing just for saving grace is leaving some of those firewalls in our architecture, even though we're not using them, simply in case something ever happens, we can then turn them on and, and still protect our, our perimeter uh, for that in case something happens with Zscaler. And so we're, because we're running critical infrastructure for the, you know, the country, right, we wanted to make sure we have a, you know, a back out uh, plan as well. And that would go same thing for ZPA. We are peeling people off of uh, our, our current VPN solution. We're not getting rid of it. We're just letting it stay there stagnant so that if anything does happen, we can then have an alternative view, but it's been going great. What about um, when you we talk about reducing complexity, what about the the kind of shift in what your team is doing from a security resource perspective? Yeah, that's a good point. You know, a lot of times we're just looking at logs. Now we're trying to figure out how do we produce metrics and, and data analytics uh, from the various sources now, because the sources are changing, uh, the views are changing. And so we're they're learning more around how do we leverage um, the DLP functions and how do we you know do more threat hunting type of activities rather than log monitoring. Perfect, that's something that I see on the, the customer side a lot with our um, our current customers as well as when I was a customer, It was it's having that actionable data and then being able to go back to your business with meaningful metrics and say, this is how IT is helping. And it really helps get a seat at the table with the business as you know being that kind of digital business enabler as opposed to the black box where the business throws a ton of money and they don't see a lot of value because they look at hey you know somebody's spending 20 percent of their time patching and managing an underlying infrastructure capability that's not a real value to the business yeah of course you need it but they don't recognize that and they kind of take it for granted yeah absolutely and i, I think the the biggest challenge for for most of my uh, analysts is is not really understanding the value of reporting what's not happening right and and i think that's that goes a long way for for most CISOs to consider is that the ability to go show what the users are not feeling and not seeing is a very valuable piece to say this is why we're spending money right hey we had a COVID 19 you know pandemic occur and here is the uptick that we see that has occurred and you felt nothing 
right? We have the visibility to do that now. And so I'm trying to get our teams to be able to, hey, pose that picture up, show our business what we're stopping with this investment that we've done, and then to be able to you know, show the value of that. And that's why we're not in the news, right? And so that's, that's, a, that's a really good uh, push for us to be able to show the threat hunting and the threat analytics that we're provided now. Yeah, that's, that's a great lens and a great frame of reference of like, these are all the things that are not happening. And this is, I mean, for me with the, the company that I previously led, you know, we deployed ZIA, we deployed ZPA. And one of the things that that company is recognizing now is 100% mobile workforce. And they did it, they moved from 2000 mobile workforce employees to 8000 overnight, and there was no impact at all. And so their CIO was reporting that to the business and to the board of look, look, we completely shifted our business model and it was because of the fact that our users could do their job from anywhere and still be productive. And of course, never circumventing security. Absolutely. Uh, if you don't mind, I'd like to cover one more topic. Oh, please. Yeah, so uh, I, I think some of the things that if, if I had to advise anybody going through this type of journey, uh, one of the things that I wish I did um, beforehand was identifying where your locations are that have a local traffic pattern. Um, we have a lot of plants and mines. They don't have big bandwidth uh, pipes. And so when we drove things all through Zscaler and, and tried to print from somebody's desk to the printer right next door and it went out to the internet, came back and then printed, it became a very user impacting uh, challenge, right? And so understanding where those existed uh, and knowing those up front to be able to address, hey, we need to address this as a local travel path and, and then work with Zscaler around a service edge mentality would be something we should have done ahead of time. Uh, after, the, after the fact now we're working through that uh, really well, but I think that's something to consider is if you happen to have a scenario like that, that your bandwidth wouldn't be able to you know, eliminate a user friction com uh, point, then that's one thing you need to consider. The second piece is when you make a change as big as this, everything becomes a Z-scaler Z challenge. Uh, you know, um, somebody could have a terrible machine and all of a sudden you've deployed Z-scaler, whether it's ZPA or ZIA, and all of a sudden it's your fault why they're slow, right? And so um, we were struggling on being able to show a user experience on that. and uh, and we wish we probably had that function and feature up front before you start doing that journey. So if you're doing this journey, highly consider using the user experience module on there for your internet traffic. And to Zscaler, I will probably tell you, hey, a product to show user experience with ZPA would also be just as important. Uh, and I know that today that doesn't is not covered. And so that would be an area, a gap that I would love to see having a user experience view within a ZPA traffic pattern. Uh, and that would help out tremendously when somebody says, well, it must be Zscaler, you know, because I turned this on and, I, and I, when I switched my old VPN, it works great. And to be able to paint that picture would be really good. But I think thinking of those two things would go a long way for people's journey. Paul, thank you for the feedback. And that is something that we are absolutely building and testing with customers now so that that's important. But it is true, it's actionable data and you have to know those traffic flows. Right. So it's so again, that's a valuable lesson learned for anybody that's considering this same path, which many organizations are because they're being forced to by their business. So thank you. So, Dan, you've been in Paul's seat, obviously, in your past experience. Given that and where you are now, 
What do you draw from what Paul has told us today? And where does Zscaler fit in helping organizations such as his make this transformation we've talked about? Well, it, it's really around the seamless transfer or the seamless kind of move to a digital business. And the, uh, the, the approach to leverage or consume services as opposed to building them. And so from an IT perspective, when you look at what Paul talked about, where you know they had a bunch of on-prem security appliances, they had a network that was very focused on that legacy hub and spoke model where the data center was the center of gravity for the organization. And you know, now your users are off the network, your apps are, like Paul said, I think he said 80% of their apps are in the cloud. And of course they still have legacy apps they need to connect to, but it's it's the um, it's the enabler to, to just go to your business and say, look, like it doesn't matter where your apps sit or which apps that you want to use. It doesn't matter where where the users are going to sit anymore. We could still provide access to them, still do it in a secure way. And it's really starting to follow some models that uh, Gartner's put together, like their secure access service edge piece where you look. You say, look, you just need a very small device at these locations because you're going to consume these capabilities in other places, i.e. the cloud. So like, not just for security, but even for applications like SaaS applications. You think about Office 365 and the trend that that started. More and more of that legacy infrastructure that sits inside of a data center is now being moved out. And that architecture that Paul's talking about implementing, it really enables that that piece where you just use the internet as your network, the cloud is your data center, and that just then draws on so much from a business process perspective that you can enable your business. And again, it's it's digital business transformation. You hear that buzzword a lot, and and we are really it, it, it's we're in the forefront of helping customers enable that for their business. Paul, appreciate your honesty and your and your advice. Thank you so much for sharing your story, Dan. Appreciate your perspective as well. Thank you. Thanks, right. um, Again, the topic's been network transformation. We've heard from Paul Reyes, the CISO with Vistra Energy, and Dan Shelton, head of transformation strategy with Zscaler. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much.